Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and we watched two things this week, both on Disney+. Plus. We watched episode two of the Marvel show Loki, and we watched the new Pixar animated film Luca. So spoiler alert for those, I think more importantly spoiler alert for Loki if you are sensitive about the Marvel universe and spoilers there, but we do also talk a bit about the plot of Luca. And then be sure to stay tuned after the episode as there are a couple of follow-up points. And without further ado, here's We're Watching What? Loki, episode two, big reveal. How did we feel? Loki. Are we happy? Are we sad? Oh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm pro. I mean, I don't know that. I guess the debate here is like, is that actually Lady Loki? Is that someone, you know, like Enchantress or, you know, someone sort of pretending to be Loki? Mm -hmm. She didn't want to be called Loki. I don't remember that. But she literally, like, he's like, he calls her Loki. And she was like, he's like, don't call me that. And she like made him. When she was when she was a guy, she goes, "You can call me Randy because it was the guy's name." Oh right, yeah. I will be so upset if they like bait and switch us on the Lady Loki. I think they might be combining Marvel characters. I think I don't know. It's canon that there's a there is a blonde character that Lady Loki, well Loki, old Loki, I think it was one of the Lokis, gives powers to just to like mess with the character kind of. And Uh Lady Loki has the powers of like possession that normal Loki doesn't really have. And so that's kind of essentially what I think we were seeing here. Wait, I'm you know, sorry. Is she Lady was... Loki not a Loki? She is, but okay. she's she's like a Loki reborn after Ragnarok. And then Ew. it's a whole thing because Asgard gets destroyed in Ragnarok, but then it gets rebuilt over like Oklahoma or something. Okay. And, and then Thor is going around trying to collect the alternate, you know, versions of his family and people that he loves from asgard uh-huh. and late and loki's now uh, a woman and so and she actually if i remember correctly she takes her body's like the form of i think sif it, yeah I about that, but i think it's sif but she is mostly bad but kind of like you know just well, i mean all loki's mischievous, sort of. mischievous yeah. you know yeah kid loki is trying to be good but like lady loki's like you know so she's doing things and then yeah like so they, there's this girl that gets turned into i think her name's sylvie or something but she gets turned into so who she eventually starts calling herself Enchantress, but she's not like the real Enchantress. Uh-huh. And but she's like modeling her life after Enchantress. So it could see this being what we're gonna get out of a Lady Loki, but really it's maybe the Sylvie character or something where it's kind of sure. like a mesh of Enchantress and her, you know. But right, it's not actually the, like like we haven't even met the Loki. Yeah. Right. And we haven't met like the real Enchantress in this Marvel universe. So like I don't know if so maybe they, they won't even just say this is yeah. Enchantress. Yeah, I was and that's gonna just say, what we get. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> we may have just met her. You know, like without maybe we just met the real Enchantress. I'm okay. pro the character existing. I will say I gave a big eye roll at the reveal only because I was like, it was so obvious that it was a thing where I was like, I hate yes. when the show or a story does a thing where you had this character in this intense hooded situation, this hood that you cannot see this person's face this whole time, specifically so we wouldn't know it was a woman to try to like trick us all. And then you find out that she's actually able to totally just go and possess other people to do her bidding and stuff. And then also doesn't care about revealing what she looks like. So story-wise, why are you in a like horrible cloak this whole time? Like, what's the point? It's only so we don't see it. And I hate that kind of stuff. Maybe her head gets cold. <laughs> Maybe it does. Yeah, she just, she really likes that, you know, but I, that kind of stuff just like, I, I'm always like, okay, this is silly. Like, you know, you could have just not shown her to us. Like, you know, you could have yeah, shown. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. happy that we have a female Loki, obviously. Yeah. But I was kind of like, oh, is this a reveal? Like we, because like it was obvious that it had to be a version of Loki that didn't look 
like Tom Hiddleston, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's either teenage Loki because it was obviously too tall for kid Loki. So mm-hmm. it's either teenage Loki or it's, you know, lady Loki. And it wasn't like one of those moments where I'm like throwing my hands up going, yes, yeah. you know. She looked good though. I liked her headpiece. I thought she looked good. I liked the little the little horns. I thought they were really cute. Mm-hmm. That was great. I, I liked the banter between the two of them. I think, you know, Loki versus Loki is fun. I thought Owen Wilson and him have good chemistry. So I think that like most of their dialogue and stuff was pretty good and interesting. I think it was a little obvious to go to Pompeii, but that's okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's... I'm still I'm still overall just kind of having trouble getting into the show though. I'm yeah. I'm holding out. I'm of course gonna watch all of it, but I'm I'm still not I don't know. I'm watching it. I'm kind of like, okay, this is a thing I'm watching. That weirdly makes me a little bit happy, you know, just only because I feel like we usually like differ pretty aggressively or not aggressively, but you know, I'm usually the one who's like, okay, it's fine. This, I'm like, it's, I'm not sure what's happening here. Yes. I will of course be watching it. We're already a third of the way through is the other thing to me. I'm like, oh, okay. But I just, I've yet to see the point in it and it's fine so far, but if it is, you know, we talked about this last time of the stakes of what they're setting up. Like, if it's going to be this important, I need the show to be more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm really enjoying myself. I like it a lot. Oh, good. Well, that's yeah. great because a lot of people are loving it is the thing, too. So it's working for people, which is great. You yeah. Know? And that's, I'm always, if I don't like something, I'm not. Yeah, I don't begrudge anybody like, else great. liking like, you know, it. But... Um, and I don't dislike it. I'm just not, at, I'm not like looking forward to it. I'm not like, oh, great, Wednesday's coming, you know. Beyond the fact that Wednesday is annoying. I'm not, you know, <laughs> nothing to do with that, though. I'm not, like, looking forward to the day being like, yes, the new Loki. But I'm excited to keep getting new Marvel content. It's not Marvel burnout at all. I'm, like, ready, you know. <laughs> My body's ready for everything to come. But I've decided I think it's, I really think the show is going to be a vessel to really, really introduce Kang, the Conqueror. Like, I, I know I said that last week. We were talking a little bit. But this made me even more, like, the the dramatic close-ups of like this, this, the timekeeper in the center, you know, mm-hmm. the statues and stuff like that. Whenever like there's these like it, it, they look like the timekeepers, but at the same time, coincidentally or not coincidentally, like that center timekeeper's headpiece and stuff also looks like King the Conqueror. And I just feel like I'm wondering if what's going to happen here is either the timekeepers no longer exist. And it's Kang running all this and Ravana is doing his bidding. Or because she's the only one who talks to the timekeepers. And it's like even we, they even made it a point to point to show us that Mobius, like Luke Wilson's character, Owen Wilson's character, uh, also has never met them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so it's this thing where like, and she's like, oh, yeah, they're well, watching I this very closely. It's like, are they? Too, if they're doing something kind of shady where Mobius is like getting cloned or something weird, because I, I don't know, the exchange where... He's like, oh, you have other artifacts from other agents. Like, you're cheating on me. That whole thing was, like, kind of bizarre to me. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, what the point of that conversation was. Yeah. You know? Like, why are we... It's trying to hint us into something, right? Right. Like, why are we pointing out that, like, she has things in her office that are, like, tokens from the missions he's done for her and that he doesn't recognize them all? We're going to take a quick break and be right back. And we're back. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the idea that he's probably disposable and that this is not version 1.0 of Mobius. Sure. You know, I I'm, that's my guess, at least. Well, because he's also like with, with like Loki asking him all the questions, like, why do you do this? Like, wh- why do you mm-hmm. believe in this? Like that kind of stuff. And him just sort of like glossing over it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's like somebody didn't write like the backstory to this character, you know? Yeah. 
like this yeah. doesn't have one. if it's a video game it doesn't have the loop written it's just I, also right. the, like, the thing about the the coaster stuff i was like this is such a weird specific i know she's like yeah they're all from you he's like there's already rings there it's like, yeah i was like oh you're maybe he's a robot maybe he can't go through that metal detector yeah. thing because and... they did they did hint at that that whole moment of like well how would you not know you're a robot and it's like yeah. well loki you didn't know you were a frost giant so i don't know if you should really talk yeah to that was funny not knowing well, who that... you are yeah. But <laughs> like not knowing what your body is composed of here, but obviously that's a sentient being and not like anybody. Yeah. Know. But yeah, I, I think if the time either the timekeepers might not exist anymore and Kang is doing this, or I think it's possible that Marvel could be combining the timekeepers with the Kang character. Ooh. Right? Because they do like to do that somewhat and kind of mesh characters a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I, I just the only reason I say this is for the reasons I said, but also, you know. I'm sure people are aware of King the Conqueror that might, might be listening to this, but he's Nathaniel Richards, who is the father of Reed Richards, and he's a time traveler, and he uses Doctor Doom's technology to do all this. And so it could tie very direct. It could serve to really introduce us to a Fantastic Four, and let's say a Fantastic Four that already exists, but maybe they are existing in a different timeline that might get pulled into ours mm. for some reason. And that could be a way that they come into this universe, since we know that movie's coming. We know Kang is, is a, a villain in Ant-Man, and it makes me think, that this might be setting, they might be kind of hinting at setting Kang up for a bigger uh, Thanos-esque role in these phases. That's what I was thinking. kind of where I'm going in my mind. Yeah, I definitely think the same thing. I think Ravana basically sealed it for me just because, like, why name that character Ravana? Like, why, you know what I mean? Like, the only reason to have her is so that you have a link to Kang, right? And if we knew Kang was going to be an Ant-Man, then it feels like we're setting up the big bag like of the face. It's so interesting for me because I don't have this level of backstory and knowledge, right? And so hearing all this from you two, I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, this is just, it's so much to ingest. And I can't imagine my parents understanding this unless they really hit us over the head with it in the movies. Or is there the expectation that my parents watch Loki, which they are technically doing, but I don't know if they you know, or glomming on to the multiverse stuff. To be I mean, fair, I, you know, though, like we talked about last time, or I know, I yep, believe we talked about it last time. People yep. watched WandaVision without having watched any other Marvel content and apparently enjoyed themselves. So, like, um, it's just, know. I think it's a world perspective we will never understand at this point because we're yeah. so entrenched in it. Yeah. Well, and we, we've already set up, they keep talking the Nexus stuff, and we know Scarlet Witch and all this stuff now, and it's like, we know Multiverse of Madness is coming, we know Spider-Man is going into a whole multiverse thing, and we know that Ant-Man is Quantumania and that Kang is in it. So it's like, we know they're setting up time travel in a way where I do trust that they will, in the movies, bring it in in a way that won't feel so out of left field if you hadn't watched the show, but mm-hmm. will still be more enriched if you had watched it. I just think that I think that this show, like it's like kind of like we talked about last week, how I was saying, like, I'm just not, the thing that's upsetting to me is that either Loki is going to have to be completely wiped and re-put where he was so that he would still do the events, do the bad things that he continues to do in the timeline we know. Right. Or they're going to have some continuity issues, in my opinion, on their hands. And if he mm-hmm. is wiped, it's like, what is the purpose? What purpose is the story serving? And I really think, and I think we even talked about this back when the trailer was released, where it's like, the show's purpose might be just to really lay out the rules of how this time travel works in this universe so that we are aware of it moving forward. And that might be the sole purpose of the show, but adding in a, hey, this is the big bad coming, kind of in the way that Thanos kept on appearing in credit scenes and you had no idea who he was if you didn't know, right? Yeah. Like our parents and stuff like that. 
That's fair. And they were dropping. Well, that's those what I mean. Is like, and then eventually he was a key player. Like you know? I feel like I feel like they're gonna hint the shit out of King in this, but I don't think he's gonna like. I don't think he's gonna actually show up. Like I don't think I'm we'll, sure we'll see him. You know, we yeah. might see him somewhere, but I don't think we're gonna know. You know what I mean? Like we as the audience might know that he manipulated everything or whatever, but I don't think like the characters are gonna know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent agree. With and that. then that's going to be like the the big hint towards you know the next phase, and then we'll we'll see him pop up in various things now. Yeah. And yeah. I also want to say, you know, we have to remember that things like Black Widow, which might not have a lot of bearing on this, but Eternals were supposed to happen before these shows came out. So, right. I still stand by that. In an Eternals, there if there might be stuff pertaining to this kind of thing that would make all of this even make more sense. You know what I mean? Right now, but they thought, well, the shows can do it well enough, but that film might set up things more than we think. Also. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say if the Eternals does not touch on this stuff, like I will be very upset because, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, especially because it's like, okay, well, you've allowed these things to happen. You know, if there's this like timeline, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, like does that not put you at odds with the Timekeeper? It's just there's you got they have some explaining to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, you know, all that being said, again, even though I'm not, like, totally loving the show and on the edge of my seat, I'm interested to see what the purpose of it ends up being. And so, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I, I'm very curious to see how they're going to treat Kang in general, just as a larger conversation here, because I, he's one of those characters where, you know, I've what I've read of him, which isn't everything, clearly, but it's like he has one of the most weird, like, confusing backstories ever that has just been like you know because you get into the time travel stuff and all the different aliases he's taken on and all that Mm -hmm. it's really wild and i wonder how they are going to make sense of it in the film medium and i I have faith that they can do it but i'm just very curious to see what they do i mean my guess is much like they are potentially streamlining lady loki into several characters backstories like they're going to pick like a lowest common denominator and just like "Mm, this is the story now yeah I think they would be smart to to go the Fantastic Four route, honestly, and then also use him as, you know, when he goes into his younger self as Iron Lad to form the Young Avengers, which I still, we, I think we're all convinced will eventually be happening. <laughs> you know, like, I think it'll it'll be a big thing. And then maybe maybe this will take us into a place where maybe we'll meet Kid Loki, and then you can have some Aven- Young Avengers fun with that, too. I mean, yeah, maybe it will. This might launch Loki. Like, what if we get a version? What if this Loki, before resetting himself, causes the events kind of like in the comics in a different way to have kid Loki exist so that he can try to be good mm. and then gets reset and then lives out his days in our timeline. But then kid Loki exists trying to be a good I mean, to Loki. me, so that, that, cool. that almost seems like a cleaner way at this point to introduce that stuff instead of doing yeah. it through Kang, just because, yeah. you know, we've already, est- we've just immediately established like there are multiple forms of Loki Loki is a character who the audience who have been with the MCU, not just like, you know, Marvel comics for last however many years are familiar with, like they're accepting of, I could, it could be a valiant way to close the arc and, and explain away what this whole, like, well, if, you know, to your point last week, like where's the growth of this character? Why are we wiping this all away? Aside from to establish the rules, that would be a sacrifice or a, you know, an ending that could be, could be. It could be satisfying. And yeah. and honestly, they're making such a huge deal out of the whole narrative of like, why are you the way you are and this and that and kind of him kind of growing a moral compass in a weird way, which I'm like, he had one. And I so it still kind of feels a little revisionist of like what we've seen in Thor. And I'm like, like I said last week, it's like this guy was mischievous, but for all intents and purposes, a good guy as mm-hmm. far as we know in Thor until he feels betrayed and then he goes bad and then this is his journey. 
but this seems to be kind of trying to rewrite that in a way where it's like, oh no, you're born bad. You've been bad. Why are you that way? How can we not be that way? Like it's in your nature. And I'm like, well, it wasn't before. So <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. weird what they're doing. And so that thematic all, all in all might be all a culmination into him making the decision in this that he wants to be a better person. And so he, I, and, and the creation of a kid Loki, maybe that's something that the inclusion of Kang or whatever it is, is what makes it possible for him to learn how to do that. Like, who knows? But yeah. I, they could do something meaningful with this that I'll end up really liking it for. That's my hope. <laughs> but I'm not going to hold my breath either. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. We're almost halfway through. You know, by the time yeah. people listen to this, probably will be. But I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, totally interested. Um, obviously, like it more than you guys do so far. So that's fine. Well, moving on to Luca. Another, another, is, four, is, another four another four letter L L name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lo- Loki and Luca. Double L's. Uh, Loki, uh, Luca, and uh what was his name? Uncle uh Luco. Ugo? Ugo. Luco, no, Luc- Luc- yeah, yeah. Luco. Lu- no, it's, it's, it's Oh, it is Ugo. It's Ugo. Oh, I thought yeah. he said Luco. No, that's it's Ugo. Too. Yeah. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's really close to Luca. What uh what did what did you two think? I really think this film is really adorable, and I really, really enjoy it. Okay. Same. I really liked it. I had a really good time. Watched it twice now and enjoyed it both oh, wow. times. So. I got the, the lucky fortune of being able to go see it at the El Capitan for this very limited thing, too, so seeing it in the oh, theater. Did you get the fun. pin that they emailed I everyone about? I sure did get the pin. I need to I unsubscribe also... from that email list. I'm like, I don't live in L.A. I got the pin. I got the Machiavelli plush to wash it with. I, I, you know, oh. I, did I all bought the... the Machiavelli plush when I was I at Disneyland, that. and Machiavelli and I went on rides together, and it was really fun. He now yeah. sits right, right here above my, my computer monitor glaring at me because he knows I am also a merfolk. And... Uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, I um, I guess for me, there was like a lot of like gay undertones that I feel like, I don't know, Jamie, so full disclosure, we know Pixar am- animator, and she said that that was not like their purpose or whatever, but it felt very... Well, it has not been explicitly. Yeah, uh, it wasn't no, explicitly. It that that yet, purpose. But definitely I'm pretty that. sure they were in love. And then also the whole like being a mer person and not being able to be your true self and like that whole thing felt very like coming out story to me i I'm, I'm not gonna lie i did not pick any of that up the first time well i've only watched it once but i didn't pick any of that up but in retrospect like i can absolutely see yeah i liked the quote it was the quote from the grandma what really sealed it for me because right when it ended i was like are we getting homosexual undertones from this i think i was saying it during it but then it was like after and in the best way where it was like whether it is or not it doesn't really matter but it's that kind of thing where it wasn't this explicit thing. They are children. It's not like they're lovers, right? But it's just yeah. like boyfriends, young boyfriends. And, you know, Luca and Alberto, especially from Alberto's side, I got I got this impression that it was like he's feeling Luca. And then I really felt, I felt it. And then whenever Luca would be with just Julia, I didn't feel that. I felt this was this was a genuine just friendship that didn't have any other complicated yeah, feelings agreed. attached to I it. Know. You they're know, both just nerds. But yeah, what really sealed it for me was at the end, Grandma, when talking when when Mom's talking to Grandma about you know we can't just let him live here, right? Like you know whatever, and and Grandma was like you know he'll he'll come across some who don't accept him uh-huh. or something like that, but he'll also come across some who do, and he seems really good at finding the ones who do. Huh. And I mean that to me, if that's not an LGBTQ thing, I don't know what it is. And right. then to further it, once you see, before that quote, once you see the exposure, the sea monsters are really fine being themselves at the end of this this triathlon. 
uh-huh. the two old ladies we keep seeing together are We're both sea monsters. Hands. They reveal themselves. And I'm like, they are clearly a couple clearly who moved to the land to live their truth. Like, they moved up there to live their truth together. Yeah. I loved it, that, that about it. No, true, I but. thought that was really cute. I really liked it. And I thought, I mean, Machiavelli was clearly the best character and hilarious the whole time. Firm, firm disagree. Uncle Ugo is the best character. Ooh. Ew. <laughs> um, did you see, did you see the, the credit would, scene? My, uh, Jamie yeah. let us know. I didn't notice that before. Oh, I, I didn't notice it. Yeah, I had to go back and watch that. Yeah. It was oh, funny. It's, it's Uncle. Into. I'm obsessed with Uncle Ugo. It's my favorite. Oh, I didn't. And actually... We, we, well, if Jackie finished her thought, and then I have a fact yeah. about Uncle Ugo. Okay. Yeah, I didn't rewatch the end because um, I was, yeah. Anyway, I hated him. All the, I mean, Uncle Ugo, like, honestly, if we could cut it out, I would be thrilled. I just, I really disliked it very hard. And and I'll, I talked to Matt about this a lot, but, like, I just don't understand why he's a deep sea creature and everyone else isn't, and he's supposed to be his brother. Like, I don't get it. Like, why couldn't it just be, cu- a, like, a cousin or, like, a step something? Look, we all have siblings who are family members. We're oh. a little like an I entirely different species. Everyone's got yeah. an Uncle Ugo. Oh, I have some siblings who who I would who belong in the deep sea, but I but it's like it doesn't make sense biologically for him to be born that way and his brother to be born as a you know. A, a yeah. This is beside the point. It doesn't. They're mer people. Like what? Yeah, it just it has to make sense. Yeah, it could have just been a cousin. Instead like, of why not a cousin like, or, you know, your uh, Or like a brother-in-law. brother-in-law. Or like, you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Not important. It, it, it does. I yeah. mean, it does to me, clearly. But um, <laughs> I'm not saying that it does. I'm in the middle. I thought he was funny. He was like, I was looking at him at the time. I was like, ugh. But like, I laughed at him, like the things he was saying, you know, and I liked his eyes and stuff. I thought he was funny, but I was like, you know. I, like, d- I still think the butt wiggle was the funniest moment, probably, besides oh, all of Rocky Valiant's things. Yeah, what was the what was the teenage asshole's name? Oh, I can't remember. The t- a teenage is uh, being generous. That was like a full grown man. I know. I, I was like, so I, was I was so confused by that. I was yeah, like, oh. and then, he definitely he looked, wasn't sixteen, you know. right? So we don't know how no, old I mean, he I actually think he was. was. Like, um, but anyway, whoever he was, when he when he goes down the hill, I, he like does this butt wiggle, and it was just really funny. I do want. So I was looking it up. Uh, I. I did not pick up of any of those LGBTQIA plus themes. But once you point them out, I'm like, okay, totally. That makes sense. Um, the New York Times review was Luca review, Calamari by your name. <laughs> yeah, I got that. That's, vibe that's, that's so good. Thank you. That's so good. <laughs> Italia. You know. Yeah, I was like, that's that's really good. Yes, we weren't the only people. Enrico Casarosa, who's the director, has been on just a, a Twitter bender. And uh, it's just been replying to everything, including my Uncle Ugo between which it's just like the, I'm like the people stop engaging on this but somebody somebody said I hope you know at sketch crawl is his twitter handle how you are touching a lot of lgbtqia plus hearts out there me and my friends just can't stop crying thinking about how important the message of inclusivity diversity and identity in Luca is and of course we're happy to put ourselves probably out there Silencio Bruno and you know he said that's he said that's great and also while I identify with pronouns he him and I am a straight man the themes of diversity acceptance and inclusion in our movie are dear to my heart so it wasn't the intention but I think sure. it's great that he has both acknowledged that like yeah this is like important whatever this means to you is important and like of course like that's great you know <laughs> also yeah. the dad not having an arm he he specifically says he was born that way. Yeah. I loved. Cool. Although the dad looks exactly like the dad from uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. Like well, eyebrows yeah. and everything. I mean, it was very, 
the movie in general was sort of Little Mermaid-y too, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. the story was derivative, and then even moments with, you know, the, the talking about the fish in the sky and stuff, so Lion King, like, very... There were some things that were yeah. very derivative of other things, and I know largely the vision is kind of paying homage to, I know, like, Miyazaki kind of style and everything, because mm-hmm. that was, like, the intention, but in general, I thought, like, yeah, the, the derivative parts of the story are where I felt it suffered the most personally, mm-hmm. but the heartfelt nature of the whole thing and I did care and all that I ended up it, it over that all overshadows where I think the story could be a little bit better and less yeah, hey, this agreed. is a little mermaid or this that but uh I, I do feel that is a part of a weakness that would keep it from etching into like one of my top Pixar films yeah I, I super cute loved it you know I feel like there's a world in which potentially you could have done it without the mermaid storyline sure like I, I think you know I think it's a non-sexualized call me by your name potentially mm-hmm and I, you know, not that there's anything wrong, but the story, the mermaid storyline was a little like, what's happening here? Why? It wasn't even the mermaid. For some reason, like the triathlon felt like the weirdest story device. Yeah, that was an intro. That was an like, that was to well. me where yeah. it was like, okay. But then there was the, the intersection between the two. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, like, I, again, I know it's a kid's movie, like, whatever. You don't think this hard about it, too. But the mermaid part of it, I think, or sea monster, whatever, I. I remember saying during it where I was like, well, if if they're so afraid of the surface and it's like, oh my God, don't like, why are they living like right there at the surface? Like, <laughs> I was like, you know what I mean? Like, and so then to even have a uh, brother slash uncle who's like a deep sea dweller, I was like, oh, okay, so I don't know, maybe there's just a bunch of different kinds of variations of this creature that lives in different parts, but, and this one's more adept to, you need to be like, you know, less well, I guess for me, it was, was more about the magic, right? Where like they can magically turn into humans Right. And humans can't turn into mermaids that we know of. And so, well, I guess we proved it with the mom and the soccer routine. But like the (laughs) I would just say that, like, it was an interesting choice to have them have this camouflaging ability against their foes Mm -hmm. and then also be so deeply afraid and not willing to, like, you know, infiltrate. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting because obviously the grandma knows and has been going up there and this and that but the parents did not know like I seemingly didn't know that that would happen so it seems like this big hush hush like we don't talk about this but what I liked about it was didn't, didn't know that the kid would sneak away or didn't know no, the kid that they could into... that they could be human like they would look like human up on the surface oh they I got, got the up there they knew and they just like forgot what it was but like then to she be, like, like punched her well they got up there and then she like attacks the husband when she sees him like oh my god god and they didn't know it was him you know what I mean so I was like okay it seemed to me they were learning that this is something because they've never gone up there you know or maybe they knew that that would happen, but then it freaked her out anyway. I don't know. But it yeah, just was something where it seems like it's a hush-hush. We don't talk about this. We're, you know. Which is way I, where I got my gay vibes, to be honest, you know? Oh, uh, that's fair. Yeah. I, I interpreted it as, like, they had maybe done it as, like, teenagers. And they were just so far removed from, like, what it's like to be a kid or youthful or, like, want to explore. And, you know, maybe they weren't together when they did their teenage rebellious years. So she doesn't know what he look, would look, look like as yeah. – you know, a human, but I, I don't think they were suddenly like, cause you know, when, when Luca does it, he doesn't know how to walk. Yeah. They, they know how to walk. They, they, so they I, knew. I, yeah, yeah, they I, I got the sense that they have at least at some point in their life. Some point done that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And, and it's interesting. Cause I, what I did like about the fact that they were sea creatures who could transform to humans like that too, was when you think of like evolution and I'm a big, I'm a big mermaid freak, which we know, but I, I love, I have like, like, I like to believe that they're real. Of course, I'm not an idiot. If you're going to tell me, you know, I'm not going to be here and argue with about people about whether they're real or not, you know, <laughs> but like, I like to like believe they're real, right? Sure. And out there. And I remember a documentary that everyone was like, oh, and it was like the, the 
the mermaid, the evidence found or something like that, where it was a mockumentary, but it was very much like the guy who made it had theories about this actually being real, but then made it a documentary purporting that it's real, but it's mm-hmm. based on his theories about how it could be real. Right. Okay. And the idea, they actually looked kind of similar to these, to these creatures in the movie, but they're more, they called them aquatic, aquatic apes. But the whole idea was, you know, you go back in evolution back in the day, uh, you know, way back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember it, but evolution. And we, <laughs> you know, but Never we, heard of her. we, uh, we came from the sea, depending on people's beliefs and stuff. But if you subscribe to the theory of evolution, you know, we came from the sea. So like mm-hmm. the theory behind this documentary was that when that happened and we came from the sea and evolved that way, some stayed near the shore and were spearfishing and this and that, whatever. And some never really gave up their, their uh, aquatic, you know, forms. they didn't, they didn't evolve past aquatic, aquatic forms, yeah. land forms completely. So I kind of liked thinking of that in this kind of thinking, there is this subset of a human species underwater because they were humanoid, you know, they had legs, they had arms, they just weren't using their legs the way we use them because they also mm-hmm. have tails they're using to swim. But I liked that thought that it kind of, went in line with some actual pretty far out there, but popular conspiracy theories about murder people being real. And so I nerded out over that and I appreciate it. I mean, perhaps Enrico Casarosa has seen this yeah. documentary. I wouldn't be perhaps, surprised. Perhaps he has. I, yeah. um, I will say that I also sort of, I enjoyed going to like, you know, and I think Soul does this somewhat, but I think this took it even a step further is like more stylized humans mm. than rather hyper, hyper realistic, which is what sort of, Pixar had been going for for so many years was a hyper realistic sort of feel to their humans. Mm, I guess I've, a little. I guess within the realm of animation, yes, but not like trying yeah, to yeah. Go, I mean, like, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't be able to like. I mean, I guess they weren't like Princess Leia holograms or anything. Yeah, but they, they weren't were, trying to like Polar Express it or something like that. They right, were like, but it was yeah. like or Beowulf is probably yeah. And so I kind different. of enjoyed the character design in that way. I don't love the Wallace, Wallace and Gromit lips. Like the yeah, I was. Thing kind of weirded out because i was like sometimes this feels very ardman stop motion and and sometimes it didn't and i was like why is this selective and i was trying to figure out i was like oh is it related to what form they're in or like what but no that it's just and i was like is my internet crashing a little bit like is that what nope nope it's just a, it's just a yeah and i i was commenting on that throughout that i was like i just don't like the mouths like it just doesn't it's it's hard for me the way they were moving around and stuff and you know i get the style as a choice it's, you know it doesn't have to be for me it's just not but i i didn't love the mouths but to the stuff about the realism for me i agree with that but I, for me it's more about the environments i feel like i feel like animation has pushed so far raya did this and mm-hmm. disney has been doing it and good dinosaur is always my favorite example of this where the environments look so real that it's like i believe it's actually real like i know it's mm-hmm. not but i'm like you filmed this and then and then as a side effect of that you know arlo and the dinosaur characters in good dinosaur a lot of times look like balloon animals walking on real environments because they looked so cartoonized you know and even in you know the kid in there and the people this felt like a storybook this felt like a storybook and it felt like the i mean the the first time i saw the water i was like god that water like it's just it's gorgeous and it looks like how how do you do this but it looked like an animated film and i appreciate that yeah that return to kind of not return but we are just making an animated film that looks animated and we're, we're kind of well, dialing back the realism factor. Yeah. I don't even know if it's like the animation part of it, but we're making a stylized, yeah. like, you know, visual direction choice. Exactly. Here. I use you it as like a blanket term. You could term, theoretically, yeah, uh, yeah, make it like a live action with the more, sure. you know, I don't know, those like color palettes. That, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I noticed that too. I almost was, uh, this is terrible, but, you know, I feel like a lot of studios are aiming for 
the super hyper real thing and like falls short of it in their sort of you know environmental design and so you start to associate the lack of like detail there with maybe like not as great and and also you know maybe they're not putting as much effort into their story or whatever and so at first I was like worried when I saw that I was like oh no is this like a cheap you know do we not and then and then I was like no this is just it's contained is the thing I would describe Luca as like it's a contained it feels like a very real place in a very real thing. It just has hyper fight, like fantastical characters, but the friendships between the two to me was like the most real thing where I was yeah. like, yeah, you like fight with your friends like that and you make up and you, it just felt like a genuine, like it reminded me of childhood. No, I was, I was going to say, I said that to my, literally said that to my friend walking out of the theater when we saw it on Saturday, I was like, I like the Julia character quite a bit and the part she plays, who also was giving me some major Ellie up vibes when she mm. hit Ellie for some yeah, of it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, not in like in a bad way. I'm just mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. More kind of, you know. But I felt that I was like, you know, without knowing really anything about the director besides the fact that I know he is Italian and I'm guessing this is very personal to him, it felt very personal yeah, and it yeah. felt like it really captured what it was like being a child. It captures childhood and it was like, the I love the imaginative stuff that, I, that did feel very Miyazaki as the nods, but kind of going up to the outer space and doing all that, like those, those fantasy parts of it were really fun. And I just appreciated the whole kind of, yeah, there's the vibe of like, this is what our summers were like playing with our mm-hmm. neighbors and this and mm-hmm. that, and like all the memories. And I, I thought it captured that so well that I just felt really nostalgic the whole time. And I just smiled the whole time watching it until I start crying, but I'm just smiling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so did you cry? Yeah, I cried. I, yeah, well, I the first time I, I, I teared up a little bit when we were watching it, I was with Jackie actually seeing it. But then the second oh. time I full on cried. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was the the only one who cried the Mm -hmm. first time for some reason, and then, um, but I cried the second time also. I I feel less alone now because I cried, and people were like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah." Like I had a lot of stuff going on this week, but I was just like, "I really like that he's making a sacrifice for his friend." Yeah, it was so so sweet, like an honorable. But even the parents sending him away, and when Luca, even if you might say it's just like everyone sort of accepting each other's choices and supporting Mm -hmm. each other, was just like I was just so. It's like the ending of like, "Yay, we're all cool now," and then like, you know, when he's going off to school and like he is like comforting his mom and saying, you know, I love you. Right. Like how she did with him earlier and yeah. stuff. And I just, that hit me in a way that I was like, is. Yeah. I know. just, I think, I mean, I think that it, what made the ending so good is they, it was deserved. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like a slap on happy ending, you know, it felt very yeah. real. There were arcs. The characters like, had yeah. growth. Yeah. I, I agree. I completely agree. And they um, set up without us knowing this is where it was going to go, we could have maybe predicted it, but they set up that Alberto really did kind of start to cling to Julia's dad as somewhat of a father figure. And so mm-hmm. him being like, I'm going to stay high and he, he needs help with fishing and this and that, I thought was, it made sense. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I totally but see I even that. I cried when the dad was like, no, I see, you know, Alberto. Yeah, this is Alberto and, and it's Luca. And like, he like, yeah. gave up, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Like, and also I will say though, when he took them out fishing, I get it was a survival time, but when they're like they're like telling him where to find the fish, I was like traitors, total. Betrayal. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> like I I'm sure like, they eat seafood, but I'm just like you know traitors. Do they though? Like I'm so confused about the well, goat fish in the beginning, and like yeah, I, I, yeah which I was also weird. loved. I was just they like, were so cute, but I was like, is, yeah, what I'm, is the purpose of these stuffed uh, animals? The answer is stuffed animals, and I was like, I want one. <laughs> I know. I know the grandma wanted to eat sea cucumbers. Or did eat cucumbers like as a thing, and I know those are technically alive, so I don't know if that oh, counts. Yeah. But I used to let you touch sea cucumbers at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and they're a weird feeling. Oh, yeah, they're so weird. Um, I oh god, yeah. But they don't let you do it anymore because they actually um, it hurts them. It hurts them, and they they sometimes kill themselves. 
physically. Oh, God. They're unhappy. We're so repulsive. And it, that me, they- and it literally made we me really so are. sad because it was one of my favorite things to do there. And so now I'm just like bummed that maybe I killed one at some point, you know? Well, you probably did, Jackie. I no. scuba dive. And sometimes the like dive guides will try and hand you things underwater and like to be like, oh, how cool is that? I'm like, no, I don't want to touch that. I don't want I don't. I've done that in uh, Hawaii. I don't want to play this game. Yeah. Well, now that I know like, that they kill themselves after being touched too much, I'm like, well, of course I don't want to do it anymore. Thanks, Monterey Bay Aquarium. God. Damn, I trusted you. God, we're betrayed. That's so gross. That's so upsetting. I know, it really how you, is. How do you kill yourself as a sea cucumber? They like, yeah. what Starve do you want to know? Yeah, I no, do. No, they literally like expel their insides. Oh, shut like, Anything's better than this. That's anything. so gross. That's so. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing. I mean, you know, not to get all preachy about it, but it's like, it, it's one of the things that leads to me like, I don't even like aquariums anymore because it just makes me sad. Cause, like we're just imprisoning all these You things. mean fish prison? Yes. Yeah. Like zoos. And, no. and I'm very anti-zoo. But the thing about it is like, they are such a good set, like centers for education and learning about these things and these animals yeah. and all this different stuff that like I, I see the good. And they do a lot of rescue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Honor Bay Aquarium does I, a lot of rescue and rehab and stuff. And Totally. Like you, I just hate that a lot of times you're rescuing them from us. You know what I mean? Like, like just yeah. people are shit. So we're just Yeah, if we just left everything. the oceans alone, like you yeah. wouldn't have to rescue anything. Exactly. You know. But like you hear about octopi that have been in aquariums, the one in Sydney, the one that actually I think Hank and Dory was based on, but that he like actually escaped the aquarium through the through like the ventilation like the water whatever and and they found him in the ocean because he's tagged of course whatever but it's a thing where it's like he is too smart to be locked up like why yeah. are we doing this yeah. you know what i mean like it's just it's a lot for me but you know that being said <laughs> uh, that yeah. we put a stop to the cucumber touching you know yeah <laughs> that's what someone said yeah. <laughs> yeah, i've had a dollar where <laughs> <laughs> Where where would you rank this in your Pixar? Uh, I thought a lot about that, and it's really hard. <laughs> it's such a hard task because you know what I constantly forget is that we now have like twenty two or twenty three Pixar films. I think it's twenty three Pixar films. Yeah, I, w- I don't say you have to like put it in a like, number, huh. but like you know, compare if you if there was the one you could compare it to. Is there one you would compare it to? It's not my top three. That's a pretty solid lock, which is Wally, Incredibles, and Coco. And I don't imagine we have different top threes, but it, yeah. But I don't yeah. imagine. I, I love those those three movies so intensely that it's hard for me to imagine anything will top them. But, but yeah. I mean, the Coco was in twenty seventeen. That's knows? what I mean. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. made it in, you know. As you know, so that I don't know. But as as far as for me, enjoyment, like we have, I know Jackie and I have differences here as well because like I'm someone who like. I don't find a ton of enjoyment in something like Inside Out because it actually stresses me out in a way where it. it oh, becomes, I think we've talked about this. You know, yeah. I think it's a great film and I love it, but I don't watch it because it just like stresses me a lot. So like, I would watch this over that any day. Do I think it's a better mm. film? Not necessarily, but I, I'd say you know I'm ranking it as far as my enjoyment factor. You know, I'm putting it above the Cars franchise. I think it's. I think we know. I think we're all aware that Brave. I, I wish didn't exist. Well, Sadly, yeah, it's not my favorite. Uh, so it's definitely not down. I agree. It's above the Cars franchise for sure. Okay. So you I'm... think very little of Luca is what you're telling. <laughs> no, I'm putting it, you know, I, I enjoyed soul a lot. I might've enjoyed Luca a little bit more than soul. I definitely enjoyed both of them more than I enjoyed onward. I liked onward, but I, mm-hmm. I put these both above. Onward I actually would really agree with that. I liked soul a lot, but I don't, I've never rewatched it. So I think that says something about it. And then, um, onward, I didn't love. For whatever reason, um, mm-hmm. I think I just really wanted the fantasy one to be really good, and I think expectation played a big part in it. And then also, 
I watched it on Christmas while my fam, you know, while I wasn't with my family. So, I mean, there's that. So I think I like it the best out of those ones. Okay. Um, the last year of, <laughs> you know, Pixar. Yeah. Well, I also, I think of those though, like Luca doesn't ask anything of you, right? Like yeah. I, uh, Onward does not necessarily either, but Soul asks something of you. I would say like, yeah. it might make it into top 10 just because I enjoy watching it. Yeah, it got, I, 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 you like really stumped me here because I'm like, yeah, I was like, maybe it can make it into top 10 for sure because I really enjoyed it. But then I think about all the things I love so much. Like, Yeah, it's very – I would have to write them all out to figure out how many – Toy like, Story movies and Monsters, you know. Inc. And yeah, I mean, just, we don't yeah. have to. We can, we can come back. No, like, no. I, almost, <laughs> yeah. I almost feel like I enjoyed it on a similar level to Monsters, Inc. The problem is Monsters, Inc. is so creative and so different that, like, it's hard to put something that's a little bit derivative like Luca – next to it i i would agree with that because i i yeah. think i think it's a great movie i think it's super sweet and cute but it's not going to change the way i think about the world and i think that you know but like a the lot great of, like, pixar movies do like, exactly like, like coco changed my worldview right. you know like i genuinely now think about the fact that i have to like you know the people that i remember you know living on like that kind of stuff <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know, uh, for, for me, like Wally, uh, but honestly, I, as stressful as it may be for like you, Matt, like Inside Out literally yeah. changed the way I communicate about emotions. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, you know, Inside Out's in my top three because I love it so much. But I think that like, I can understand why, you, you know, people can't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with what you're saying, that's exactly why I get stressed. Because yeah, I yeah, yeah. To out. totally makes sense. Very much. Like, oh very god, it's so easy to fall into a depression, which I know very well. But it's like, ah, oh, it's like that yeah. easy. Um, <laughs> well, know? yeah, like Coco is not one I can rewatch easily because I, I like death is one of my greatest fears uh, and like losing loved ones. And so I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Like, uh, I, <laughs> can't do it. see, I, I sob pretty uncontrollably in Coco, but it's one of the ones I watch the most. It's interesting, but it's I, I agree yeah, with I everything you're just saying here. Um, that it's I don't watch Coco a lot, but I. I don't, well, yeah, I just, I mean, I hold it in such high regard. I. But so, but again, sometimes that's really something where it's like, if, yeah, if you leave if such an impression. that good, yeah. that it And Wally, of course, way. is, like, oh. I mean, I literally cared so much about this character. I was going to have a panic attack at the end when he almost didn't turn back on. Like, it was genuinely not going to be okay. For me, it was when he didn't remember Eve. Yeah, when like, he didn't remember, you know, when she's changing his, like, thing at the end like i was I uh, yeah was getting okay. crushed i was already yeah when, when he gets crushed yeah. it's the, the moment from like wally no. made me wally made me care pretty desperately about a cockroach that looks like a cockroach and so that <laughs> I, okay i still you know have saying? a little like, i still struggle a little bit with. oh i care so much about oh no i care i care but like, i just but they didn't even bother making it very cute like they gave it curly antennas and stuff but it looks yeah. like a cockroach and i was like really yeah. upset when he ran the cockroach over it was like <sighs> And then it's sprung back up. And it's like, oh, thank yeah, God. so I mean, but, that movie yeah. is... Yeah. And the when they're at their best, whether all... it's changing your worldview or not, when they're at their best, I think what we're talking about all is when they take something and make it so imaginative, like take an, an item like, what if monsters really are in your closet? Here's the story behind why they're there. What if your toys really are alive? Like as a kid, you think they could be. That kind of stuff is when they are like top tier. And that's what Inside Out does. That's what Coco does. That's not what Luca's doing here. Right. That's okay. And, and, I mean, soul, they can't all be that. There, right. But yeah, exactly. you know. Yeah. They all can't be that movie, you know, so it makes sense. And there's room for all of it, you know, but yeah. it's like, it's hard when you do the ranking. It's like, oh, I might watch this more for enjoyment factor, but like, do I think it's better than this? No. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It, like, I, it's, it, maybe it's not a question of better, but maybe it's a question yeah, of like, you know, your interest in rewatching what you, it. What you prefer, you know? Yeah. I think also because I'm entertained by it, but also it, I think it's so beautiful. 
that like visually stunning that like I will probably rewatch it quite a bit. Yeah, that was so pretty. What I was gonna say is, I, it, they've set an unfair standard for themselves, right? And I think I've talked about this with any Pixar movie, right? Because if I, I would say, if Onward came out from a different studio, you know, I think we would be like, "Oh, this is amazing! What a great job you did!" Blah, 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 blah. But because it's cupping up against this, you know, now twenty third, no, twenty fourth, twenty four film long, really aggressively good track record, yeah. it's tough. They're yeah. only really competing with themselves, and so it's like, <laughs> what can you do? You know? Yeah. yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Well. So I'm, highly I'm recommend guessing, though. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would um, definitely recommend you watch it. It's a good time. I will leave with with the fun fact that somebody pointed out about Uncle Ugo on my Twitter feed. Fun fact: only female anglerfish have the headlamp. Therefore, Uncle Ugo trans icon. <laughs> See, <laughs> even more, even I more. Yeah. See, this is why Uncle Ugo is actually the best character. <laughs> trans icon. I there you go. By. Jackie's yep. sold. She's like, oh no, man. Machiavelli yep. forever. But yeah, I mean, I'm just sold on the, you know. But Whale Carcass, yes, I recommend. I just, I watched it because I got to watch it a little earlier as well. And I kept, I was like, I have to go back and watch that scene. I just kept watching it. I couldn't talk to anyone about it because I was the only one, you know, like only a handful of people. So I was like, this is just, I love this so much. It's like the last, it's like the last, the last part of his little like monologue when he's like, it tastes good or something. And he like, yeah, yeah, I recommend. It's just like, it's Sasha Baron Cohen, right? Right, and and <laughs> I I looked it up on the internet like while I was watching, which is not the greatest thing to do, but I was watching yeah. like a screen of it, and because and the, it, before they'd announced it, it was like Jeff, uh, John Ratzenberger. I was like, that's not John Ratzenberger. No. Right? I was like, wow. I was actually like, wow, John Ratzenberger is like really, tur- th- what a great performance. And then, yeah. <laughs> right now, I got to the the credits, and I was like, that makes much more sense. Yeah, is Ratzenberger in this film? No, he's not. I do want to say that I think it's funny that I find you know that it. It turns out it's Sasha Baron Cohen, and that's and I'm disgusted by it, and like not. Oh yeah, that that tracks. And that is so tracks for me. <laughs> that tracks. You know, like I was like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and it also tracks why it's my favorite. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. Well, well, thank you both. We'll continue next next week with Fast and the Furious or F nine. <laughs> or both. Oh, right? Like First and the ninth. Story oh, for everyone. Bitty. I'm so excited. We sure do. Thank you, as per usual, to Jackie and Matt, and now a couple of follow-up points. So I tried to look up the history and backstory for Kang the Conqueror, and it's just, it's so complicated. Pre-Kang, I guess the character is Nathaniel Richards, who's a 31st century scholar and possible descendant of Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four's time-traveling father, Nathaniel. So I'm like, is it the same Nathaniel or just named after Nathaniel? He becomes fascinated with history and time travel and the time travel technology created by Victor Von Doom, also in Fantastic Four. Then he goes back to Egypt. It's just, you know, something, something apocalypse from X-Men is involved. I just, too much, too much, which I could sort of understand why they are going to possibly try to streamline things down in the MCU version of this. And then as for Luca, this correction comes compliments of our friend and or Matt's sister, Jamie. The villain in Luca is named Ercole. I'm trying to pronounce that as best I can. Also, supposedly he's supposed to be 16. I think he's actually 35. And the film that Matt was referring to is called Mermaid the Body Found, and it came out in 2012, and it was from Animal Planet and the Discovery Channel, and it's defined as a docu-fiction. So I don't think it's a mockumentary, but it's not also not a documentary. It's just a fictional movie done in the style of a documentary. And then, as for sea cucumbers... Yes, apparently their defense mechanism is to literally throw up their internal organs, which while apparently it may distract potential attackers, ultimately kills them. And uh, don't Google it. 
it's I googled it I huge mistakes were made because pictures come up and oh god uh, so sad don't touch the cucumbers leave wildlife alone save our oceans that has been it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing